Welcome to this week's episode of Chopping It Up. I am uh, sitting here with uh, Kyla, the founder, CEO, and hardest worker at Get Hemp Butter. Hey, hey, chopping it up. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. We're also sitting here with Molly Coleman. Uh, is that is that? Yeah. Okay. I just want, <laughs> I, you know, things change. You never yep. know. You might have gotten you know married since the last time I saw you. <laughs> um, sitting here with uh, Molly Coleman, who's also the uh, you know notorious rainmaker for One Love Massive. Little known fact: there's two Mollies. Yeah. Wandering around One Love Massive. Right? <laughs> We can always blame each other for Molly with the Y, Molly with the IE. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I was people. IE for a little while in like fourth grade, but the oh, heart over it. Yeah. I went oh. through a little phase. My mom was like, that's not your name. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny because some, somebody thought that I was you with One Love Massive because, you know, there's only a couple of us, I guess, in the industry or, uh -huh. you know, in, in the same circle. So. Somebody was like, oh, yeah, I need to come. I was like, well, you should go there, too, to those events and then come to my events, too. There's other <laughs> events. But I was like, yeah, it's growing, and you should check out the studio. So, yeah, since since they haven't been. I think it was I'm trying to remember if if, uh, if you knew them. But anyways. Right on. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. It's a room full of Molly, so <laughs> good time. And there's not a single golden retriever in the room, so that's a that's rare <laughs> that's what i always get oh my dog there's a my, lot of golden retrievers my named dog molly. was named molly yeah it's like, really strange a compliment i know <laughs> thank you for sharing that I, mean, <laughs> I feel like people really love their dogs so like that's not a bad thing and like golden retrievers are pretty solid breed. <laughs> like at least people are like oh i have a bulldog named molly you know like <laughs> fuck you man that's I always story, get that, you know. <laughs> like golden retrievers have like long, pretty hair. You know what I mean? Like they're nice dogs. Like they're they're good with kids. You know, mm -hmm. it's not a bad thing. It's a good name. It's a it's a compliment. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Depends on what kind of dog it is. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right on. Well, I invited you ladies in today to um, you know, chopping it up. We just like to uh, we just like to chop it up. You know what I mean? DC is a changing landscape. Um, we have a lot of really uh, great people in our lives like you, like other business owners, other, you know, leaders, other uh, outliers in the industry who are doing uh, Thank you. big things, good things. And so we just want to, uh, I figured, you know, let, let's let's talk about all that. And let's, you know, let's talk about, you know, 2017, you know what I mean? Like, what, what are we doing different in 2017 that we did in, that we did in 2016 and uh, you know, kind of what that means so people can fall in love with your brand and, like, you know, really get to know you as a person, you know. Uh, Kyla does a lot of, like, public speaking mm -hmm. um, in regards to, you know, CBD usage because of her products, you know. Mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm kind of jumping my head. I, you, know, you know, let me just stop myself right now. Why don't you go ahead and, and tell us about, uh, tell the listener about your product. Okay, uh, well, Get Hemp Butter, as you heard a little bit, we, we did work with CBD for a while. Uh, we're based um, in the DMV in Northern Virginia, so with a lot of the regulations, um, we've since uh, kind of eliminated CBD from our, I'll call it the the everyday mainstream formula. Um, we'll be partnering with a processor in Maryland to infuse it with even more CBD than we were initially using and also be working with THC down the road. Uh, so that's one thing that we're doing. But going back to what the product is, it's a topical moisturizer. Uh, this is something that be, can be used uh, like you would use a shea butter or a coconut oil, except it is hemp-based. Uh, so we're talking over 5,000 milligrams of hemp in our butters. So everything that you would use for hair, hands, body, uh, we have uh, personal flavors for your lips. So just think of it as an all-in-one ultimate moisturizer. Excellent. Not for cooking, but for yeah, <laughs> safe to eat, but not intended yeah. <laughs> for your body. You no, know, that explains the stomach ache. You know, <laughs> right on. Awesome. And Molly, why don't you tell us about what it is that you do? Um, well, I'm partners with Kyla with on Get Hemp Butter, and uh, I also have an event company, High Caliber Events. We curate events to help showcase and. Um, and raise money for uh, women-owned businesses or women nonprofits, or focusing on uh, the nonprofit that focuses on helping to uh, 
empower women. Um, so that that was our original uh, mission for the event company. But we like to say we curate events for the soul and from the heart. Not just, you know, it doesn't just necessarily have to be for women, but there's there's usually a purpose behind it. <coughs> That's awesome. I really like that tagline. Yeah. Thank you. For the soul from the heart. Mm-hmm. I really like that. Thank you. <coughs> I really like that. Right on. Well, you know, let me let me ask you ladies, have you have you had any encounters where you feel like working in DC as a woman business owner that you've ever felt uh like you were dealt a different hand than your male counterpart? Um, <laughs> I've experienced that uh just without even noticing it right away, but I think that people, you know, before knowing me or who I am or what I've done, they might take me less seriously. I haven't been able to pinpoint if that's because of my appearance or if it is because I'm a woman, but I've definitely felt that on occasion. Definitely. How would you mind? Uh, I would say in the night nightlife industry specifically, I would say yes. That's definitely something you experience. Um, and I'm coming into this uh, based on, on uh, uh, you know, working events in the city. Um, you know, and, and I just really um, noticed it because my uh, other co-business partner, she she works in nightlife specifically as a female DJ. So it's very, right. yeah, so it was, it was it's definitely, um, there's definitely a double standard. You know, yeah, and you definitely have to prove a little bit more, yeah, so that you can be taken seriously. I guess with that respect, um, I always say, you know, um, you want to ha- manage things um, as a professional, so they take you as a professional, um, or they treat you as a professional. I should say, right. um, you know, because there are boundaries there. Um, but for sure, there, I think there's there's definitely a, a difference um, in certain areas. Right on. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been, I've been giving this a lot of thought because I I feel like for the first time um it it's happened to me, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh but in an, it, otherwise in a landscape where I've never felt that in Washington DC there was any real um I was never treated any differently for being a woman or not, you know, not being a man or being like in a male dominated industry and being a woman, I've never felt um slighted upon or like treated any differently. Um but but then after this recent occurrence, I'm wondering if I just didn't notice. You yeah, know what I mean, mm-hmm. or like if I just not tuned into that. You know what I mean? Like, sure. I guess you know if you're looking for it, it's a little easier to find. You know, or you know, like you said, it's hard to pinpoint if it's uh, mm-hmm. if it's your you know. But I but I ask this because I feel like a lot of times, like um, when the conversation comes up with women in business, a lot of times it's like focused on like the negative, like. Are you being treated differently, this and that? And I feel like... Or are you a feminist? Right, are you a feminist? And I feel like, you know, um, I don't know. Like, I feel like... But I guess I'm kind of, like, contradicting myself here because we're talking about it. But, um, you know, I feel like, you know, like when people do, like, all-female DJ lineup parties, right? Mm-hmm. And and uh, and not necessarily, like, the people who are doing it because I think a lot of times people who are doing it are, like, other women and it's not mm-hmm. intended to be negative. But the reality is, is that you would never put on a lineup like all Jewish DJ lineup or like all, you know, black men DJ. Like you would never say that. That would seem wildly inappropriate and like Mm -hmm. just odd to Mm -hmm. even like mention that. Right. And so like I kind of wonder sometimes if like we shape the narrative by, you know, the things that we focus on, um, you know, especially in certain environments as opposed to like, you know, uh, encouraging you know, um, solidarity uh, among everybody, you know what I mean? And not allowing uh, yourself to be held back by those those definitions, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, like, we, you know, because of the industry that we're in, you know, um, I feel like we can kind of move. I definitely feel like being in, uh, like, a female DJ, I can definitely see, like, yeah. I- I'm already hip. Like, they definitely, like, mm-hmm. you know, that's a, that's a, that's a whole different um game for sure where i feel like that would be like really apparent yeah um well i think that's uh i i I don't think we shape the narrative necessarily in terms of um you know saying hey we're gonna do an all-female dj lineup because we do that at in full effect at our party on wednesday nights uh it's at cloak and dagger every wednesday and we 
chose to do that because, well, one, but you know, the actually the owners came to us and asked us to put it together, and then, um, and the DJs, the female DJs that we lined up, uh, they were really appreciative of it because it takes them. It just honestly it takes them longer to get gigs. It takes, For sure. you know, unless they're really at the top of the food chain. Um, you know, it takes them, uh, they get paid, they do get paid less if they're not recognized or people don't know them. They don't get taken ser- as serious. Right. Uh, I mean, that's all, and it's all real. And so I think uh, you you have to have a little bit of a tougher skin too. Um, Most in, definitely. Yeah. Um, in the environment that you're in, um, take everything with a grain of salt, but then, you know, still, still act as a professional without uh, acting too feminist i guess <laughs> right there's like you know? a, there's a line mm-hmm. well and you know like i said i don't think there's anything wrong with like organizing those events by any means i yeah. just wish we didn't live in a society where like we even had to say that yeah you know what i mean like what like why it becomes like a spectacle or like i don't know if i'm using yeah. the right words but you know what i mean yeah. like yeah like i'm all for booking like all female yeah. DJ lineups you know yeah. like in fact actually recently for funk parade we were talking about uh, one of the nighttime events, and I was like, "Let's book all female DJs," but yeah. like, not say we're booking all female DJs. Yeah. Just do yeah. it, you know. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. like I like you know people taking credit for celebrating women. Like, just celebrate women. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. Like, no, no, it, yeah, like because yeah, yeah. there's a lot of women doing those events. So like, it's definitely coming from the right place. You know, sure, sure. Um, so yeah, keep at it because we do need we need more. You know, it, it's a it's a industry wide problem. You look at like any festival lineup, and there's like yeah. two women for every like. Yeah, four hundred men. I do have to say though that um, you know all of the promoters and people in the city, or you know other promoters and the club owners, they really support it. So that's that's, that's awesome. It's always nice. It's just something that maybe it wasn't in top of mind, you know, to do, or they never really scouted for you know female DJs. And and obviously there's there's fewer female DJs than male DJs here in the city too, but for sure. But it's growing. So yeah. and um yeah, it's certainly a, a, a great um opportunity for everyone to come out and, and enjoy the show. Enjoy a show with female DJs. And we have guest male DJs too. So <laughs> <laughs> like we'll let you in. <laughs> a couple songs. It's fun. <laughs> right on. That's awesome. Right on. So what's uh what's on the docket for uh this spring and summer? Get head butter. Uh, we have a lot going on, um, and things usually kick off around now. Um, we're doing a special event um, in Arlington, uh, highlighting just our surrounding area in Virginia with some cannabis legislation and really understanding what the laws are. Uh, we just voted recently on uh, decriminalization as well as uh, medicinal use. Um, so it'll be an opportunity to get information about that and also relating it to future business opportunities in the industry, reflecting and looking at the economy and established markets and the potential for D.C. as well as Maryland and Virginia, and then just kind of the greater purpose and what else we use the plant for um, in addition to medicine. So I'm all about industrial use and cannabis hemp, so it'll be a time to share the history and how they both kind of relate directly to each other as early as the 1600s. Um, So that's April 13th at the Bus Boys and Poets in uh, Sherlington uh, from 6.30 to 8.30. Um, And then following that, we have the National Cannabis Festival. And that's going to be huge. Uh, That's definitely our biggest event of the year in terms of uh, promoting hemp um, as a cannabis cannabis product and future really um so that's happening on uh april 22nd at rfk um and then after that we know what's up with um one love massive and the funk parade Uh, so we're excited to be participating in that uh we'll be right outside in the lot (laughs) yeah uh so yeah that's gonna lead into other events in the summer i'll definitely encourage people to check us out to follow through with that. But I'd say 2017 is all about experiential marketing, hands-on, getting out there and letting people know we're still out here and yeah, have some cool things to share. Right on. You do a really great job of um, like making your presence known at events, like especially since your product is such a small mm-hmm. thing, you know, and you have such a, like, a big setup that's mm-hmm. like really complimentary to the whole vibe and the whole 
product. It's you do a really great job. Yeah. Of that. Um. And Molly and I are um experiential marketing uh experts still learning. I hate using the word expert, but you know we've been doing it for over fourteen years. Uh. So it's been really cool to relate a lot of um just experience and things from other campaigns and relating them and making them better and cooler and bigger with you know what we have to offer uh, appearance is everything for me uh, so being so visually aesthetic um, it's more than just a product it's about how you receive the product before right. you even try it for sure mm-hmm. I mean, you do a great job too i mean that's how one love massive has grown started all you see are stickers everywhere yeah. probably in every state and yeah. city and yeah. country yeah. now so that's the cool, yeah, it's just, a, it's marketing, you know, just getting your brand out there. Like when they see it, they recognize it and yeah. that's, and we know how to do that. You do that really well too. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's something <laughs> that, you. yeah, that's something that uh, I think that's what we do well in marketing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. For sure. It's been an exciting road, especially with the like cannabis industry and just, you know, you know, I mean. Just everything that all the changes that have happened and mm-hmm. all the events that we've been through mm-hmm. and you know, um, it's just a pretty exciting time to, you know, witness the the growth of cannabis reform in D C, mm-hmm. you know, the yeah. nation's capital. It's really um it's really interesting. Are you guys worried at all? I mean, you know, neither of us are in the cannabis business, right? Mm-hmm. But like we, you know, I mean, art and music, like what goes better with art and music <laughs> than like weed, let's face it, right? So yeah. it's kind of like a byproduct, but we're not a weed company. We're, you know, art and music and you know, we're yeah. a booking agency first and foremost, production company. And that's that's part of having a brand. And I think uh, people miss that with having a product or even a service where they're focused on the monetary aspect solely and sales, you know? Uh, but for something like uh, Get Hemp Butter, and I could see that with One Love Massive as well, it's more of an, an experience. Yeah. We kind of like bring the community vibe, and the product is just a bonus, you know, and it's relating to all of these different people with the product kind of just being the stepping stone into this bigger picture. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a <clears throat> really about the future and what it has to offer. Um, if you're, you know, planning to get into the business, that's why we do a lot more educational or this upcoming event on April 13th is more of a panel discussion talking about legislation so that people understand the yeah. the the new industry or the new frontier, so to speak, in the cannabis movement. Because it can, I mean, it's, it's already a billion dollar industry. Right. So exactly. uh, if it's a billion dollar industry now, uh, you know, where is it going to be in f- five years from now? Exactly. So uh, I think it's important for us to educate uh, people in the hemp or and cannabis you know, yeah. space, so that way people um, are smart about how they maneuver in the business, in in business or dealing in the business space with that. Yeah, it's important. I mean, it's definitely overwhelming. I know <laughs> I'm, I'm nervous about like you know Trump being in in office and mm-hmm. what that could mean for legislature because. You know, I'm 41. I'm I'm old, and I remember when it wasn't cool to just be smoking weed everywhere. It was like three years ago. You just, it wasn't. It's crazy. We all got amnesia. Like we've completely <laughs> forgot what it was like before. We couldn't just smoke weed everywhere. But like they could take that away as quick as they gave it to us. You know. So. Uh, yeah, and that's that's one thing that I can see how it would affect. Um, you know, the comfort level that we're at now. But a lot of us were doing this before Initiative 71 and, you know, continuing to find ways to do it. So I think a lot changes in as far as the future and the business aspect of it and potentially the it being available for people that don't necessarily have it outside of the legislation. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, you know, like, I was around cannabis way before Initiative 71 was even, you know, thought out. And I am plan to be around it after, you know, even yeah. if legislation changes, you know, just just for everything that it is and knowing what it is. I don't need someone to tell me, oh, yeah, you can't do that anymore. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I'm with that. You know, I made a decision a few years ago to... Uh, just to be very open and honest about my cannabis use because, um, you know, I was raised by some good parents and, you know, I was taught to respect them. So I don't really, you know, bridge that uh, gap with them. And then I just realized, you know, 
at the end of the day, like I, I've been a patient my whole life. I've, I've self-medicated instead of taking opiates. And uh, I was born with a genetic disorder. Like it had nothing to do with any of my decisions, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was just the way that I was born. And because I don't want to take opiates or painkillers or even leave every day and I choose to medicate. And so I've been a criminal my entire life. And mm-hmm. uh, my mom ironically worked in a rehab for years. And so my mom has like all this like 20 year old, you know, rhetoric about it's a demotivator. It kills brain cells. Like yeah. mom, like you're a, like a, you know, retired <laughs> nurse, but like you're a nurse nonetheless. Like you can't just keep spouting off things you read in a medical journal. If you even read it in a medical journal in the yeah. first place. 30 fucking years ago, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, they haven't done that many clinical studies. So no. There's no... But, I mean, there's yeah. enough now to be like, okay, like, you know, it, you know, with Alzheimer's. I mean, there's enough, you know, cancer-killing properties. There's enough research to at least say, hey, maybe we were wrong about that. And so yeah. I'd have, like, really uncomfortable conversations, you know, to just be like, look, I'm not, you know, going to hide anymore because there's I'm not doing anything dishonorable, mm-hmm. you know? And, you, and, like, you know, I was raised only... That, you know, the only reason why you would want to hide anything is because you were doing dis- something dishonorable, and I'm mm-hmm. just not a natural liar, you know. And so it, uh, you have to like remove the stigma from mm-hmm. all of it. You know, it's not even when it was illegal, it wasn't immoral, and there was like a huge, uh, a huge, you know, break in the distinction of that in this country for a long time. It's like, you know, um, you know, and they did that on purpose. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They 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 made it. Uh, you know, the devil weed, they made it, you know, for derelicts and criminals and things like that. And then, you know, Cheech and Chong came along and then made us all look like idiots and got, mm-hmm. you know, mil- turned into millionaires by, you know, giving that stoner, stupid pothead perception that we've all been fighting, mm-hmm. you know, passionately for 30 years after the wake of Cheech and Chong. And they're like celebrated as stoner icons when they actually did more to destroy the movement mm-hmm. of legalization and, you know, removal of prohibition of marijuana than any other mm-hmm. fucking single force because it made the entire world think that all potheads are stupid, you know? Yeah, embracing, yeah. embracing the stigma. Embracing the stigma, exactly. So, you know, it's really great to see that, you know, that because, you know, uh, you know, the wool has been pulled off from everybody's eyes and the cloak of darkness has been removed mm-hmm. uh, with all the legislature that it's kind of too late to turn back now, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? You can't all of a sudden... Uh, you know, turn around and pretend to take the the moral high road again, just w- if it becomes illegal. So, mm-hmm. um, I definitely respect that. You know, you have to. You know, you've been there before, and you'll be there mm-hmm. after. And it's kind of how it is. Like, we weed's not going anywhere. Yeah, it's it's not for some people. It will though. That's the scary part. For some yeah. people, it will if yeah. it gets to that point where they reverse the laws. I think that's going to be hard to do, like medicinally, but. Potentially for recreational use and the for states sure. where it's where it's allowed, I can see that changing. Mm-hmm. But we'll see, you know, mm-hmm. we'll see. So yeah, what about you, Molly? What do you got coming up this year outside of the Get Hemp Butter events in the next couple months? Um, you know, <laughs> just working on a Get Hemp Butter. I'm working with a startup, also a tech startup. I'm I've been, um, you know, kind of diving into the tech space. Uh, that's Kind of where I'm heading into, um, in still the marketing, you know, marketing industry, but working in the tech space uh, with tech startups, and then um, the event company, and that's the event company. We do that because it's a more community focused, and that's that's the best part of it is really being able to stay within the community, doing something great with people in the community, and you know, showcasing their work or highlighting or spotlighting a certain community organization. Um, and that's, and that's why, you know, I, I continue to do those types of events, but yeah, so I've still get hemp butter, high caliber events, and then, uh, working with tech companies and startups and, uh, traveling around the world, hopefully. Nice. <laughs> Take me with you. Yeah. One country at a time. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's right. Right on. Well, what else was I gonna ask you guys? <laughs> Anything you guys want to talk about? Um, I mean, I could talk about everything. <laughs> I'm really excited about uh, festival season, as most people call it, um, because the weather gets nicer. People are yeah. out. There's so many different events, and people are nicer. People yeah, are nicer. It, <laughs> it's my uh, my dream job. Like uh, I know, 
all of us can understand the different aspects of business where you're putting on several different hats, especially when you're getting started. And we're not good at everything and we don't necessarily like to do everything. Uh, so to be able to have the fun part of it, which is something that I would also consider myself great at, is experiential marketing. So that's what I'm hype about. Yeah, I can <laughs> yeah. dig that. I really like festival season as well. It's a uh, it's stressful and it takes mm-hmm. it takes it out of me, but I, I love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that chaos, man. I yeah, love it. yeah, that's <laughs> living. Um, but yeah, I wanted to uh, kind of go back to what Molly was saying about uh, your marketing and like with the stickers alone. Um, Heba with Consult DC, she always says Molly started marketing things before they even had names. Right. Like, <laughs> 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 and now everything is kind of like. Uh, you know, bigger companies are doing it like a decade, a decade and a half later. You know, right? Yeah. Well, thank so you. That's amazing. Thank. It's it's been a um, it's been a crazy, you know, weird road. I mean, I it I started, you know, just down the street from here. I yeah. I was uh, dating this guy from Trinidad, and I I, I was hanging out at uh, the State of the Union. You know? <laughs> um, I remember. Yeah, State yeah. of the Union, <laughs> man. That's like, crazy. Just, you know, I was young <laughs> and uh, fresh and naive. You know. Um, <laughs> and it was good times. You know what I mean? It was good times. And I, uh, I met the soldiers of Ja Army, Soja, mm-hmm. and uh, I decided, uh, you know, to start doing some reggae shows. And so I was booking, you know, them and John Stone and um, some other bands. Like I still have all the flyers. I have to check mm-hmm. it out. Um, and that's where it all started. So you know, for me, it's really, uh, it's a beautiful thing to be like back here. Mm-hmm. You know, on the block where it all started for me. Um, yeah, yeah. Actually, know, that's a that's a good question because we're you know talking about businesses. What's you know when did you figure out it was just it was going to be music? Uh, I think that's always tough uh, to pinpoint. You know, when we're entrepreneurs, right? We're always like, I want to do this, this, and this, but then. Yeah, the what? goal's the same, the plans change. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, like, so, like, ultimate. I mean, well, I grew up around music, yeah. so I grew up in a very musical household with, um, you know, we had the chieftains in our living room every weekend. I could, like, read music. I could play multiple wow. instruments. Like, uh, we were heavy into, like, the Irish dancing, like, the river dance, <laughs> oh, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, but, like, I danced at the White House with Ronald Reagan, oh, like, wow. numerous times. <laughs> yeah. I'm, like, right. fucking everybody's head up right now. videos. I like, got moves, <laughs> young. I got moves. I, like, played, uh, like, the tin whistle and the concertina, which is, like, a, a, a bellowing instrument shaped like a pentagon with, like, 42 key buttons on each side. What? Like, this is ridiculous. I could read music. I know Mike's over here. You could bring back that trend. Yeah, but I'm tone deaf. Like, I am not meant to oh. create music, you oh. know? Like, I've never been. It's not my jam. I love it, but uh-huh. I'm just not capable of doing it. And it's cool. I don't have any desire to be on the stage like yeah. that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, I grew up around musical families. So to me... and. I mean, uh, you know, natural. I recently found out that, like, actually my um, great-grandparents on my dad's side, like, came from Ireland and landed in New York, and they were bootleggers and bartenders, and my ma- my great-grandparents on my mom's side came from Ireland, fresh off the boat, and landed in Philly, <laughs> and they had a, like, boarding house for, like, musicians and entertainers oh, that apparently still stands, that. right? So like mm-hmm. honestly like this is totally like it's in it was my your, DNA yeah. like there was, was never like my all my memories of being a kid or my dad throwing like big events he was like the Gale of the year which is basically like the most important Irish man at the St Patrick's Day parade you yeah. know what I mean like like my you know like that was my I just and grew your up sisters in that too exactly I mean all, yeah exactly <laughs> very talented incredibly talented DJ so uh, and a producer really not just a DJ I mean she's you know exceptional taste yeah. in music but she's also a really talented you know producer cuz that that musical background mm-hmm. you know so um so for me it wasn't really like a decision about like getting into music it's just like the things that I was the most passionate about and the things that I felt the most connected to in my life were always music like going to yeah. the to nation and the edge you know and going to um, nine thirty club and like you know musical events where I really felt like I found and discovered myself um, as a person, as a woman, as a human, as a dancer, you know what I mean, like whatever. Yeah. Um, and it was always like those like collective you know experiences where all the borders and like boundaries are broken down and like music 
is like the greatest equalizer. Because if you're at a concert and you're dancing, you bump into the guy next to you, you like you have you don't know anything about him, mm-hmm. but like it's okay. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. It's like a completely different experience than bumping into somebody anywhere else in the world, right? Yeah. So I just decided that you know. I don't know. I just kind of naturally gravitated towards that and started like seeing people do things and was like, wait, I think I could do that. And I know some other people. I think like I think I could do it better. Like it for me, it always stems from like going to events and being displeased and being like, why couldn't they just had more, like 20 more porta potties? And it wouldn't have been like, terrible. People might not have died that weekend. <laughs> the best. You know what I mean? Like it's just like yeah. all these little things. It's just the way that, you know, my mind works now. But but that's just kind of how it started is doing sure. events. But the, the reality is it's like adapt or die. Like, you know, um, recently I found out that somebody's really mad at me because they think that I stole their idea for One Love. And all I can do is laugh because I'm like, which one? Like, it has evolved <laughs> and changed, like, with every six months. Like, I didn't know I was going to have a three-story months. building this time last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you told me that this time last year that, like, we were going to be sitting in my podcast studio mm-hmm. in my three-story building across the street from the Howard, I'd be, like, young. Yeah. I don't know what you're smoking, <laughs> but, like, let me get some of that, you know? But it yeah. happened, yeah. and the opportunity arose, and I went with it. So now it's, like, you know, we, like, I think when you just stay focused on like the intention and like the progress of what it is you're trying to do and you don't get too focused on exactly what that looks like mm-hmm. you know then you can move forward that's why like owning a restaurant i think would suck because you're like you have this premise of like we're only gonna have meatballs and people are gonna yeah. love it and then people don't want your fucking meatballs yeah. and then you have to like abandon like your whole shit yeah. about yeah. being like, yeah. meatballs right awesome. but like you can't do that like the market changed. Like, when I started One Love Massive, the internet didn't exist. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was a completely different thing. So, like, you know, you have to just um, really understand, like, what it is you're ultimately trying to accomplish, you know, and then yeah. and then move in that direction. Because I, I don't feel like on any level that, like, I'm, I'm successful, to be honest. Like, I don't feel like I've actually done anything yet. Yeah, that's the, I think I feel the yeah, same. We talk about true. that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think people give me too much credit. You know what I'm saying? Honestly, I'm like, thank you very much, but like, I haven't done yeah. anything yet. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. That's how I truly feel, you know? Yeah. And I yeah, think I, I have, can relate. I have this um, <laughs> this quote that I came up with um, after the Bud Summit last year uh, for my speech. And it went like, persist or excuse me, successful entrepreneurs persistently. Find creative ways to relate passion to a greater purpose. So it's kind of having whatever your definition of success is, and y- everyone else has a different, right, a different viewpoint of that, and that's why you don't necessarily consider yourself successful. You are successful based on yeah. right. my definition, well, and then it's like persistently. That's the whole adapting thing. You have to keep changing, right, mm-hmm. and then relating it to the greater purpose, and that's what doesn't change. And uh, I think uh, Kyla and I get along so well because we are never, we're not, we're not money motivated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As, r- rather, um, we're more, um, I don't know what it is. It's it's a different type of motivation. It's either um, to you know produce some a great product <laughs> and share it with the world. And get it into people's hands because mm-hmm. we believe in it so much, and we believe it'll help people. And it's not, um, it's not really monetary, right? Uh, and I think, I think that makes a big difference when you when you're and you're looking at success because success has nothing to do with how much money you're making, right. or but you can make it. You can make that the definition, but I'd say that if you can go to sleep, and I think I got this from you, Molly. If you can go to sleep knowing that you accomplished something for that day and that something doesn't have to be everything. It's just that you don't have to be Steve Jobs tomorrow. You know, I think yeah, if you <laughs> can go to sleep knowing that then you've had a successful day, which is ultimately, you know, yeah. what we aspire to do. And I think sometimes we want we expect too much from ourselves, especially yeah, being entrepreneurs. Definitely. 
that we, you know, you could really set yourself up for failure. For sure. You know? Um, Especially doing events, because it's like a visual display of your failures yes. sometimes, you know? <laughs> I mean, you're just like, great, and then, then I got to sit here for fucking five hours and pay for it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, can I just... Sure. And, like, bad events happen. Like, it's just yeah. par for the course. You, yeah. you, if you have 100 great events, it means you, you had 150 bad ones. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, especially if you do them with any sort of consistency. You could do the same party every week for a year and you will get you know 52 different results you know like no from that's every so single true event. and so you know you really uh it's a good ego check you know what mm-hmm. i mean it's a really good ego check you're like man that that sucks you know what i mean yeah but, you know you, you gotta have like you gotta learn from stuff but then to me for me like i can't I, like i have no muscle memory when it comes to like business failure mm-hmm. like i'll have a bad event and be like man it's, i'll go home and not doing that again like yeah and then like the next day my phone rings somebody's like yo i got a warehouse you want to do this i'm like oh, yeah man. <laughs> i'm like i completely forgot like i, I like full on have like, like yes you know, i'll do it like, again i've moved on man like yeah because you know uh, you the, can't, it's you know, called resilience resilience yeah, yeah. and like you mm-hmm. can't you know it's a you know i it's a good lesson for anybody who's thinking about being like an entrepreneur or even even in life, you know, like like recently I shaved all my hair off, you know, and like there's definitely days where I'm like, what the fuck? Is this? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, every day or every day you wonder at least once, like, fuck, am I really like, am I? What are, what's gonna happen five years from now? Is this really right. what I'm supposed five to do? Five years from now, like yeah. or tomorrow? Friday, like yeah. roll, like shit. Yeah, you know what I mean. No, yeah. you question yourself a lot. Question it. yourself. All People the time. think entrepreneurs are like we're like on cloud nine. We're kind. Of, we are in our own bubble, so <laughs> to speak. It's a protective bubble <laughs> for our own mental health. <laughs> yeah, it really but is. but you know, there's. Yeah, there's a lot of ups and downs. But you know, it's part of the part of the course, and it's kind of like mm-hmm. the hair. It's like you know what? Like even though some days I felt insecure about my hair, those are the same days that like someone, like people will literally yell at me. Like yesterday, I was riding my bike and somebody honked their horn. I was about, I like turned around, like mean mugging them, and she was like, "I love your hair!" Like like yelling at me through traffic, and I was just like word like thank you very much i really appreciate that you know Mm -hmm. so like it's just a good lesson that like look no empires have crumbled you know due to failures or bad hair days or whatever it is Mm -hmm. that we like hang ourselves up on like Mm -hmm. this level of perfection that we're not meeting and it's different for everybody it's different things different different times of the day but like at the end of the day like ain't nobody dying Mm -hmm. you know what i mean we gotta like cut ourselves some slack you know what i mean because like yeah it's gonna be okay the sun's gonna come up tomorrow yeah i'm saying with or without you so you know it's like you just gotta take those those hits but then learn from them right and and keep going you know that's i think that's the biggest lesson of being an entrepreneur keep going you know like Tupac said, if you if you fall, stand tall and come back for more. Yeah, yeah and I think Big that's fan. the difference between people that would consider failure or themselves a failure or their project a failure is not continuing and not pivoting and yeah. adapting, as you said. Yeah. Um, and I think that's part of it. And that's why some people say that there's an overnight sensation, but they don't see like the blood sweat and All tears 16 gigs. years yeah yeah prior exactly. to that the the time they got noticed or the time they blew up but we've been preparing forever like i didn't have hemp butter five years ago but i've always been like leading to this like everything right. that i've done five years ago and even before that have been preparing me for these moments that i have you know ahead of me yeah yeah, I actually just did another uh, podcast interview with um, uh, this uh, Marquita. Uh, Marquita in your business is her podcast, and she interviews uh, women entrepreneurs. Nice. Yeah, and so um, she 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 was asking like, what's the what would be the one thing uh, in two words, right? Two words like to you know whatever. Uh, to motivate people and it's it's keep building um i ended up with keep building because you know 10 years ago or 14 years ago or 15 years ago all the work that you put in you know starts to um blossom yeah um but people you know people don't get that sometimes all the relationship building all of the networking all of that 
it really, you know, comes to fruition at a certain point in your life. Um, you know, and I just and obviously don't don't give up. Right. Right. You know, you have, we have surrender. Yeah. We have so many um, stepping stones and, and failures, pitfalls. But, you know, every time you get back up, it, you know, you improve on that. And uh, and like you said, learn from that. So it's really important um, in in our space or being an entrepreneur yeah. and keep building every relationship. Uh, I'm I try not to burn any bridges if people don't like me, I'm sorry. Or if people don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think I've ever really ended on uh, anything on a bad note. <laughs> not me, man. Not me. I'm the queen of, well, we'll talk about it. I'm like, nah, fam. No, uh, no. I mean, you know. Um, and that happens, you know? Yeah. Um, peop- I mean, I kid. and I, Like, I'm half serious. I'm half kidding. You know what I mean? No, I mean, it definitely happens. And that's, yeah. uh, that's also something you have to, like, suck up and deal with. You're like, okay, I fucked up. Or... They fucked up, and that's just not gonna work. Yeah, you know the the, the good thing about being like a business owner for a while and like doing a lot of this stuff is like I'm kind of like like it just it happens, right? Like you don't take it personally. After a little while, you're like, oh okay. Yeah. And you know, and a lot of a lot of stuff is human nature and lack of communication that just turns into like bigger things, right? So I try to look at everything as like an opportunity to to grow, you yeah. know. Um, and, and to do a little bit better, take the high road, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and not just take the high road, but like really like aim towards a resolution where everybody feels good about it. Like, even if it's not what you want exactly, right? Yeah. Like, that's ultimately the goal. Cause, cause you're right. It's like, you know, um, everything is relationship, you know, and people, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, everybody, it's cause I'm fucking old, yo. Like, I'm 41 <laughs> and I grew up around here and like, it's a small industry. Mm-hmm. So, all my friends, like, first of all, if you if you're anywhere near forty, right? You know, forty five, thirty five, like we were all at Nation mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. Every time I go Nations out, Nations was Buzz, right? Yeah, Buzz. That was one of the first clubs I've ever <laughs> been to. Yeah, like, Capital Ballroom. I was yeah. there opening weekend. <laughs> I saw 80s the Ramones. Baby, so, yeah, funny. yeah, wow. the Ramones played there opening weekend. Like, <laughs> the Ramones, right? So like, wow. so yeah, I mean. But when when I go out and I'm like talking to people that are like out and still doing shit or people that are like all those same people are like GMs of restaurants or like the GM of Echo Stage or like literally like nobody like a lot of us didn't leave. Mm -hmm. And like we stayed in the city and we invested into the nightlife like in our own little way. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or in our own big way. And so like we all have this same like birthplace, you know, that we came from as far as like the vibe that we got like being at nation you know what i mean and being in the room and like you know what i mean experiencing mm-hmm. those things you know mm-hmm. uh together it really shaped who we are and it had a huge impact on the city that i don't think is ever fully acknowledged that like yeah it did yeah we were all impact. like at the fucking club together 20 years ago mm-hmm. that's why dc is dope the way it is that's why dc does have some culture that's why there's people out there doing it and trying because we're, we're all still here so i mean there's people in this industry that i've known for 20 plus years just because you know you tend to move in certain circles when you like certain things like my friend you know shimmel like him and his brother used to own chambers of sound back in the day like i used like mm-hmm. you know uh-huh. the, like long long time yeah. ago man those are like the early memories of dc mm-hmm. and like people didn't leave you know what i mean so we're all still here so a lot of these young bucks running around looking at these older people running the clubs or whatever. And you're like, son, you don't even know. Like, well, you could you actually know? pay, uh, pay <laughs> like twenty bucks to just go to the club and see a uh, see a performance. Yeah. <laughs> I remember seeing uh, Daz Effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so Not they anymore. back in the day, Paul Oganball. I mean, like Crazy the, Horse. Yeah. <laughs> and just like the vibe of going to like nation and experiencing those like i think it was so impactful like um is there music playing like it's like coming through um the uh like the impact that those big room experiences had on all of us as a whole is like really huge like and that, that's why I look at Echo Stage now as like really an important thing you know he actually uh, Matt Crohn's coming in later on this week so I'm going to talk about it but like I feel like, you know, those big room experiences, like where we were like in this overwhelming environment, but we felt connected to each other. Like, I really think was like the DNA of like how we connected with each other as like a city because it brought like so many people together. You know, the Ritz, that was four 
stories, man. I grew up at the Ritz. Like, me and my fake-ass ID were at the <laughs> Ritz. You know what I mean? I know you guys remember uh, Black Hole and Icebox. Yeah, That's man. crazy. Yeah, like, I was a youngin' back then. I wasn't even supposed to you remember be me? going out to right. the clubs. And that was the first, uh, my first experience was at Icebox. And I got there by the time everyone got together, my underage friends and I, I think it was like 2.30 in the morning and it closed at 3 and we had finally gotten there and they looked at our, they asked for IDs and, you know, we weren't old enough. You were from but they Rhode Island. so sorry. Like, no, nah, he just appreciated the effort and we were able to go in there and party for 20 whole minutes. <laughs> 20 whole minutes. Mm-hmm. And That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah they, me and my sister used to go in on her ID because she had a military ID and a driver's license. Mm-hmm. So I would go in first with her driver's license because it was like more legit. And then she would come in like a few people after me with her like <laughs> military in case I like her ass. <laughs> we just go to um Spy Club and Z Club. Oh my Strategy. god! I know. Me and Megan we used to go like dance. Like That's she would so look like a fly girl and I look like a tomboy. <laughs> That's it's so what cute. We did. Yeah, no, we used to, like, and we wouldn't even try to drink. Like, mm-hmm. we literally went to dance. Like, yeah. And then we yeah. found the rave, and it was like, <laughs> this is what we've been looking for, because mm-hmm. we just want to dance. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I don't I don't want to be hit on by, like, weird dudes in leather jackets <laughs> anymore. I just want to dance. Yeah, you know I mean? just dance. So, yeah, it was, a, it was a game changer. It really defined uh, the culture of this city in a major way for, like, so many people. And it was really, really important. So I'm glad that, you know, some of that stuff is, is coming back. I think it's such a great... Uh, city to live in you know i think that um i think that maybe our experiences as as women business owners in the nightlife would probably be different in um, like new york or miami or in la uh you know i think it would probably be a little bit more you know slated in a non-positive direction but like you know i can't really say that but i just suspect that i just feel like dc is is just a far more intelligent and progressive city than than the, mm-hmm. the aforementioned so i feel like just the you know, I feel like the the playing field's a little I bit more level here. I think they're more community based, yeah. And like, yeah. there's a lot of powerful women in this town, so it's not like a crazy thing for there to be someone like. Yeah, they're. You know, uh, you know what? It's it's uh, easier to access people, mm-hmm. which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, get to know people. You know, like you can meet a, a restaurant group, and they're right. open to having a local DJ. You don't necessarily have to be a right. super high powered. Yeah, I say DJ, which uh, which I love way yeah, more than yeah. bringing in. Uh, I mean, it's it's nice, you know, like obviously seeing these these bigger acts, but you know, showing our community uh, musicians and artists yeah. the love. That's that's why I really do most of the events that I do too, because yeah. it's it's important to highlight them. I need to come to more of your events, man. Like, <laughs> oh, I should. No, I should. Cool. I yeah. put on my calendar. I'm just here all the time. I oh, basically I know. live here. It's ridiculous. That's that's the whole. That's an, an also an issue because when we're all like doing the same things, like all of our friends have events or right. there's a show, and we're all yeah, you know on the, the same day of the week, and it's just there's like, like three uh, events in like, one yeah, night, and I'm like ah I'm yeah, four twenty is gonna be crazy. I think uh, I have three places where I'm supposed to be like hitting up and like present <laughs> so i have to figure out time frames and hopefully they're not across the city from each other that's but. crazy yeah <laughs> everybody's like you doing a 420 event i'm like nope there's a lot of 420 events. nope last year i was like the only one this year is like a million i'm like mm-hmm. nah fam you guys go ahead and <laughs> knock that out on my behalf but i will be saving up my energy for national cannabis Oh, yes. And National I have an exciting announcement about that. Oh. It's like a quasi-announcement, but okay. we locked in the venue today for the after party. Okay. Oh. I think I might know about this. After. I don't think you do. This is, uh, I mean, maybe you do. Maybe you do. Maybe you were hanging out with the old Caroline. Yeah, a little bug. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. But it's very top secret information, so clearly only the women in the know right, are in the know. But uh, we'll, nice. be, we'll be making that announcement soon, so that's exciting. Um, that's awesome. I really, uh, I you know, that's another, you know, woman in the business, uh, and, and even aside from that, just brand that I really respect, you know, Caroline's bringing a lot of light to uh, legitimate, you know, cannabis, uh, you know, culture and mm-hmm. consumption and um, legislature, you know, and really stepping out with this, like, first the maturity. class event, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's maturity just, of the event and, yeah. yeah. On and government property with sh- events. I mean, she's really, like, she stepped up to the table, man. Yeah, and I think she stepped up to the table, and I think that's really great. 
Yeah, it's important mm-hmm. to include all aspects when we have any of the cannabis events um, in terms of you have cannabis, you have recreational, you have medicinal, and then you have the industrial uses. And then you look ahead at the environmental, mm-hmm. economical, and just the health aspect of it. So I think that's one thing that NCF has done um, last year and that they're going to do again this year is kind of bring all of those different elements of cannabis like you know we're not losing anything when you look at the whole plant yeah uh, actually caroline's um speaking next week with us on the 13th right. actually yeah we have like so. some really cool people coming out neil That's franklin's awesome. gonna be in the house uh we have jessica mccarty uh with women grow dc um uh, we have heba sadiq with consult dc uh, molly and myself will be present and uh, we have a special guest, um, Don Lee, uh, Speak Life, and she has an amazing story to share about uh, opioids and how they affected her daughter, um, her child. Um, I believe her daughter's uh, under 12, under 12 years old. Um, so being able to get her off of opioids and have her treated with CBD, you know, that's that's huge so that story will be shared on april 13th um arlington at the bus boys and poets um but yeah going back to the ncf it's the the whole picture let's not mm-hmm. separate ourselves and say oh i only represent hemp i don't deal with marijuana right. or i smoke dabs i don't fuck with the industrial side you know let's look at the whole plant I'm the whole that. future it's super important for sure um yeah, NCF is on Earth Day, too, and there will be a lot of people out here for the science march, um, kind of looking at the negative effects on our environment from fake fake resources, plastic, wood, like gas, petroleum. You know, all of these things can be fixed with hemp. So the fact that the NCF and this, this big march are happening on the same day, I think we as a city have a huge opportunity to get people hip across the nation. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. people are really looking to us, you know, for what we're going to do and as they should, I mean, this is the most intelligent, progressive, you know, diversity in the nation, like without question. Um, and uh, there's no, there's no comparison at all. And, you know, we just turned into like Amsterdam over the last 18 months and, yeah. and everybody's really looking at, sometimes we forget, you know what I mean? That like we, you know, like how, cause it just changed so quickly. And like, we're still all adapting to it, but like, yeah, I mean, we basically live in Amsterdam. It's like more lenient here than it is in Amsterdam. Yeah. You can't grow in Amsterdam. Oh. Yeah, their laws are a little a bit opposite. Like in Amsterdam, you can sell and purchase, but you cannot grow. So the plant shouldn't necessarily exist if you can't <laughs> grow it. Yeah. And then in DC, we have it where you can grow all day long if you're 21. Um, 21 and up, up to six plants and possess uh, two ounces. I believe that just changed to four ounces. But a quarter pound, you're allowed to have it, but you can't buy it or sell it, but you can grow it. Yeah. Yeah, so Amsterdam's, like, so opposite. It but, is. yeah, we have places where people consume, you know, in public, and I guess that's, like, a whole nother, <laughs> a whole nother thing. And then you have the dispensaries where you can have a medical card and be prescribed it and carry again right. two to four ounces uh i have to i have to check on that and make sure that it's four ounces now but i believe that that's i think so i think i remember seeing that too yeah well the law allows it to go up to four ounces so as a, if it hasn't happened yet it's possible that it could happen in the future but let's just say two ounces for now but yeah you can go to a dispensary and buy an ounce and it's not a problem are there dispensaries selling ounces, or is it all? Well, it's all um, eighths, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think that, like, yeah, let me not confuse different states and their roles, but, yeah, I don't know what the limit on um, how much you can pur- to purchase at a dispensary at one time. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was an ounce, but. Actually, Good Hemp Butter is at a hemp story in uh, Amsterdam. We're in the. Oh, yeah? Our product is there, so if you ever are in, or if you're in Amsterdam or you're, 
in the red light district we're in the hemp the only hemp store it's a beautiful like boutique store and it focuses all on hemp um and the the benefits like all the all the health healthy nutritious parts of of the plant so (laughs) that's awesome yeah that's super awesome Mm -hmm. Right on international. <laughs> yeah, we've um, we've shipped mm-hmm. to every continent by now, so it's it's exciting to to start hearing people say, "Oh, um, there's the stuff hemp butter," and I'm like, "Oh, by the way, <laughs> you know, I'm in the company." I, I yeah, I so her so her her dad even seeing somebody get. or her dad saw the product uh, and so yeah, on somebody's when desk. Yeah, that's got real. Um, so my yeah. father's retired army, um, and. He uh, was working for DOD at the time, and someone had it on their desk, and he walked by and said, hey, where'd you get that, you know? <laughs> and my dad's like, yeah, my daughter makes that. And I'm like, oh, wow. Like, <laughs> That's cool, what right? Are the, what are yeah. the chances? Seeing people <laughs> use it and just, you know, get it in their hands. And, you know, people are like, oh, I've heard of that or I've seen that. Yeah. Or my friend was telling me about it. Yeah. So... That's that's always really nice. To yeah, hear. it's cool when your brand gets bigger than you. you mm-hmm. know? Like I remember the first party when like I didn't know anybody. <laughs> it's not all just my friends who I like <laughs> to come here. You know, like I don't. Sometimes you like know every single mm-hmm. person in the room, yeah. and you're like, that's love, but yeah. like yeah. not necessarily progress. You know. So yeah, yeah first event when I didn't know anybody, and that was a big deal. That's cool for sure. Yeah, at the event. You know? Yeah, it's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't wait for the funk parade. And yeah, like man. I just have all these ideas <laughs> going through my mind as I talk about it. Yeah, no, it's going to be good. We should pile out about that off air for sure. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Yeah, so to, to recap, you know, ladies and gentlemen, we will be here at the funk parade May 6th, uh, right in the lot directly outside of the building. Uh, we have a, a stage with a One Love Massive showcase. That's a really mm. awesome artist coming through for that. Which is dope. Yes. I'm really excited about that. That's amazing. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, uh, you know, One Love stage, get hemp butter. You yeah, know, have the lounge. Yeah, the lounge <laughs> popping. Yeah, I want to talk to you about that with the back patio. I think it'll be mm-hmm. dope. Yeah, it's going it to be a beautiful thing. For sure. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a good year. You know, I think uh, for One Love, like we we learned a lot of lessons last year. We had some really high points. We had some, it was like the worst year of my life and the best year of my life at the same time. <laughs> last like, year? Yeah. 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 Um, it, was it always happens like that, right? Like you have a, a lot yeah. of like, when it rains, it pours. And then you just got to keep swimming. Yeah. Keep swimming. Yeah. Keep, keep... And after the rain, the plants grow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you yeah. go. It was like a monsoon. And then <laughs> I just got lost in the shovel. But then the waters rose so high that when it dropped me off, I was actually a little a little further Above advanced water. than I thought. But man, I thought I was drowning for a hot minute there. Uh, yeah. For sure. It happens but, uh, to all of us. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's part of growing and getting to that next point. That's right. It's always really important to have a good support system then, you know, at that point in time, whether it's just a couple of friends or also finding that work life balance when you're building a business. That's really, that's really important. (laughs) What is this? You You just incorporate incorporate it somehow, you know? (laughs) Well, bikes. Shout out to my bike family. Yeah. You know, that, that, you do, you, when you started biking, I remember, and I was like, she's really happy when she's on her bike. So it's, yeah, any anything like that that you can find some peace and some solace, uh, you know, while you're working so hard, you yeah. know, you just gotta get away because that work's still gonna be there. <laughs> you ain't never lie. So. <laughs> well, uh, let's go, let's wrap up with where we can find you both. So, uh, Kyla, where can we find Get Hemp Butter? Um, so Get Hemp Butter, we're all over IG, Facebook, Twitter. Um, you can follow Get Hemp Butter on any of those platforms. And then the website is gethempbutter.com. Uh, my personal page under Kyla Hill. Uh, Facebook, um, I kind of reserve that for friends, family, and people that I've, I've met in person. Uh, but Instagram, I'm at Nature Real Hair. Um, and then you can find uh, Molly on numerous outlets. Yeah, my, I'm the Daily Molly, but I just... I really just use the business pages like Get Hemp Butter or High Caliber events for like yeah. business stuff. My but what's High Caliber? So tell us uh, where to find High Caliber. Um, High Caliber DC on the social media handles or High Caliber events. 
uh, and you can search and you'll we should pull up. Yeah, right highcaliberevents.com. Yeah. And when's your next uh, high caliber event? Um, so they, I've been um, going back and forth uh, in New York working. So I won't be there on Wednesday nights, but that's the In Full Effect party mm-hmm. in D.C. That's at Cloak and Dagger every Wednesday night where we feature. Is that the all-female? Yeah, the yeah, female DJs. Yeah. yeah, and then every like third uh, rotation will feature um, our, our male friend DJs so, uh, and switch it up. Um, and yeah, so you can find everything on the High Caliber events page or In Full Effect DC page. Right. Yeah, and obviously get him butter. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, we thanks hope for we, having us. Yeah, thank you guys for coming. It's been a, it's been a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to a good summer. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. This will be great. Some fresh coconuts and some. Uh, <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Yes, yeah, Irie vibes, man, for sure. So big things happening. Keep it keep it moving, right? Keep building. Yeah, the momentum is everything. I think we fall off sometimes, but as soon as that momentum comes, just let it grow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm with that. Mm-hmm. I'm with that. Well, ladies, awesome. thank you for uh, your time and your company. And uh, we yeah, will... thank you for having us. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, the uh, the OLM Creative Factory is in full effect. So thank you. Yes. For stopping <laughs> by. All right. Thank you.